When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show. The Tom Bernard Morning Show. Streamed every morning on the Tom Bernard Show app and anytime on demand wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, baby, we are back, ladies and gentlemen. I just was sent something, uh, Passolt sent it to me. A crowdfunded documentary, The Fall of Minneapolis. Boy, that'd be a thrill to watch. It's. uh, (laughs) Have you seen it? I have not seen it. I've heard things about it. Essentially, it's a an extremist view on Minneapolis's 2020 experience with like George Floyd oh, and Derek Chauvin. Okay. Like the people that made it are kind of spearheading the Derek Chauvin is wrongfully put in prison. I think Kroll's involved in that, isn't he, Bob? Oh, Bob Kroll? I think so. Oh, that's is that is that his wife's documentary? Cuz she made a documentary, I know. Maybe oh, I don't know. If, I don't know if she made it or not, but it's a yeah. It's a. I think Alpha News is the one, main ones pushing the document. That yeah. So I think that would be Liz. I think. But um, so the point of it all is no. First of all, you get you get told two completely different stories. Like everything else mm-hmm. in the world, he was either choked to death or he died of a drug overdose, and you don't know which one's true. Yeah. So how do you know which one's true? I, I don't think we ever will know We're 100%. Not gonna know and I don't know if that's a book we really need to read. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just on Lake Street last week, and it, it's, it's kind of back to normal. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, is it? Good. I did see this was really sad. It was uh, Lake and Hiawatha or so. Mm-hmm. There's an EMT uh, giving a guy a shot. I'm sure it was... Uh-oh. Uh, the Narcan, Narcan or yeah. whatever it was. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it was one thirty in the afternoon, so. Yep. I don't think it's very nice of you, Brittany, to look like you're bored stiff just because Doug just got here. I mean, he has that effect. <laughs> Hello, Brittany. Oh, Hello, dear. Dougie. Oh, I, don't have a, I don't have a screen. What are you wearing? Uh, <laughs> it's really attractive, like a turtleneck. Ooh. What are you Thank wearing? You. I had a blazer God. on because I was trying to be like, uh, Chris Eggert, but I don't know how yes. he does it. That is hot to wear a long sleeve right. shirt under a blazer, especially with the lights on like his studio. Right? Oh, that's you gotta sweat like crazy. One with the yeah, Chris came on this morning. He had a jacket, the tie, and the whole thing. I was like, oh god, here we go. Wasn't smoking a pipe, was he? No, it looked like he was. <laughs> yes, it, it, it appeared to be the case. But so things are good. Yeah. I just, I've had a lot of fun hanging out with you lately, actually. Yeah, Dougie went uh, went with me on Saturday night to see the uh, Doobie Brothers and the Eagles. 
That whole group of people in that suite, every one of them was a hell of a nice person. They were they were incredibly nice, and they, they were, were so excited to see you. I don't know if you noticed this, but there was a guy sitting next to you at first, and his wife is standing up, and I said, why don't you just tell Tom to move over one so you can sit down? Oh, no, I don't want to bug him. I said, it's five <laughs> inches. I think he'll be fine. Oh, no, I would never say that to Tom Bernard. I said, right here, I'll do it for you. Hey, Tommy, move over. The girl wants to sit down. Oh, all right, no problem. <laughs> so, Dougie, the ambassador, Doug yeah. Sprinthal. Get up. But they were all very happy to see you. I mean, first of all, he finds a parking spot right on the street, which was wonderful. Yeah, we're like right in front of the St. Paul Hotel almost. So we're a block away. Wonderful, block away. And then it out. starts. Oh, we don't go 10 feet and people, well, you know what it's oh, like. Yeah. Oh, Tommy! Hey, Tommy! <laughs> yep. And he's signing boobs and just. Oh, yeah. I was not signing liar. <laughs> it was one Plural. boob, kissed some babies. Yeah. That's right. I mean, we can't go 15 feet without... Oh, well, that's at the state fair. We're standing there waiting to go on stage, and people just keep walking up. And at first, I'm not used to... I'm like, what do you guys keep walking over here for? And then I was oh, I'm standing next to Tom, and they got to come over and that's right. say that's hi weird. and shake hands. Why are you guys being so nice to me today? Cut it out. It makes yeah. me uncomfortable. The funny thing, though, was this, because this happened two or three oh, times. Here mm. we go. So how's retirement? And you can just see the blood pressure rising. Yep. We got to get the message out there, but I have a, I do have a plan for next spring. We're going to do what we did uh, to get... The, we drove huge audiences to KQ with this bit, but I'm not going to tell you what it is yet. I'll tell you off the air, but we're going to do that with this show, I think. Just uh, basically beg for listeners on the street. It's mm. wonderful. Get some of those uh, old car salesman inflatables. Hey, <laughs> easy. Some of those go, oh, I'm, oh, I'm out of the game, but it's temporary. <laughs> That's high-level marketing, Ted. You know that. I will tell you one thing about Saturday night. I See, and I didn't know you did at this level. I knew you liked them, but Michael McDonald is one of my favorite performers of all time. He was great. And God, a lot of musicians rip him. And I'm watching him going, this guy, I mean, he's got to be, what, 70 or something, I'm guessing? 71. Yeah, they all are. He's 71, yep. He hasn't missed a Beat. I mean, he's still, and yep. he always had an incredible singing range. You know, similarly, I went to see Daryl Hall about a month or oh, two sure, ago. Yeah. He was playing with on a double bill with Todd Rundgren at Mystic. Big Todd fan. Yeah, Daryl is done. He, I mean, he, I can sing better than he can now. And he used to be, a, he used to be just a oh, great yeah. classic blue-eyed soul singer. Yes, sir. And now he's got the range of a refrigerator. I mean, it just, yeah. I just, it's just <laughs> it's not the range of a refrigerator. Because you used, uh, like play the drums and a couple other instruments, correct? I, I, guitar is my main guitar. Thing, but, okay, um, but I play a little bit of everything: drums and piano and bass and stuff. So when you go to a concert like that, do you watch it? Do you feel like you watch it differently than the average person because you're somebody that is musically yeah, I, gifted? I, I think so. And my wife is a really terrific singer, and we always go and try to pick out the secret weapon in the band. And all mm -hmm. good bands have one. It's usually not the lead singer, but it's like the killer sax player that gets to yep. play solos every once in a while or a drummer that can sing killer backup vocals. And so you always look for that. And if it's just a bar band, we'll walk up to him and say, you don't know this, but you're the secret weapon in this band. I'm like, nobody ever told me that before. That's awesome. Can I buy you a beer? I said, sure, of course you can. Don't uh, bring up buying beer. Oh, I'm sorry. What happened? Well, you know about the suite. Oh, you must oh, have yeah. saw the receipt. Oh, my God. Talk about the. I thought the Wynn Hotel in Vegas was bad. That place is the house of full retail. Holy! I got the final shit. bill, by the way. It was eight hundred dollars. With the tip, it was a thousand dollars for a case, five six packs of beer. 
Oh, they brought a bottle of wine too. It must have been oh, a Chateau they... Lafitte, nineteen sixty-four. Out. Okay. But everybody behaved. You could not put together. What was that? What twenty-five people? In the yeah, twenty-five people. It's hard to do a lot of damage with five, six packs of beer. Yeah. But I mean, the the people could not have been nicer. They're no. just wonderful people. Isn't that great in this day and age? It is cool. Kind of a, got an edge to them. But it was just well. First of all, the suite was right in the center of the stage. The, the view was amazing. Yeah, and the sound in the XL was great. Too. Fantastic. And the sound. Eagles. I'm not the biggest Eagles fan in the world. No, I have to be am honest. Neither am I. I think Don Henley just. If it wasn't for Joe Walsh, I would never see the Eagles. I Joe love was great. Joe Walsh. And yep. he turned 75, I think, yesterday. By the way. I think that's true. Yeah. But uh, their sound is it's almost like you're sitting in front of a really good stereo system. And it's always yep. been like that. They're very meticulous, and I, I give them credit for We that. had a great time. Don great. Henley, phew, I can't stand him. I know. He's one arrogant son of a bitch. There's no question about that. And every song sounds exactly well, the same. Well, he did nine ballads in a row. He did. I mean, like, nine oh ballads God. in a row. It's like, okay, that's enough ballads now. Can we see Joe? <laughs> yeah, would you Can bring Joe play they, now? And they finally did do Yeah, that. when we were leaving, they <laughs> started playing Joe Walsh tunes. It's like, damn it. Oh, well. I know. God bless them. They're very, very successful, so whatever. But it's just it's a whole different deal. I, You know, uh, we were talking about it before the show started today, that, that Glenn Fry and I became, because of Rick Bourne, we became semi-friends, and you could not find a nicer guy than that. He was just a tremendous guy. Well, did have you told these guys the famous Glenn Fry story? I mean, about me wishing that I'd met him? Yeah. Well, have I told you that I story? I don't think so. Okay, well, very quickly, we'll run through this. This was back in my drinking days, by the way, so let's bring that part up. I like up. the story already. Yep. <clears throat> so Glenn Fry dies. And I'm very, very sad because I was a huge fan and all the rest of it. Mm -hmm. So Rick Bourne, who, uh, you know, Bourne Communications, he's still at the the company, I I assume. Mm -hmm. I I saw Rick a couple of years ago. but So Rick was nice enough to come on the KQ Morning Show and we're talking about Glenn Fry and all the rest of it. And I said, you know, the only thing I'm kind of sad about, I've always been such a huge fan, but I wish I would have met Glenn Fry. And Bourne goes, what? I said, I wish I would have met him. Sends me a picture, emails me over a picture of me with my arm around Glenn Fry, <laughs> and Glenn Fry's head is on my shoulder. <laughs> Whoops! Might have had a few too many that uh, that particular night. That's but, who that was. Oh, that was Glenn Fry. I, you know, Dougie, that's one thing we were talking about in a way earlier this morning. That if you're in in the media business, you're going to meet a lot of very very famous people, and it just. You don't even realize it till later on in life. You go, my God, I've met just about everybody I've ever wanted to meet. Isn't that wonderful? That is yeah. cool. I mean, you have people come and in. And just to be clear, I am shocked and still kind of pissed, though, that you blew up Paul McCartney to pick up this guy at the bus stop. Come on. He would have been yeah, fine. Yeah, that story yeah. Is, is a little wild. Because even walk. Andy is like... I've walked home before. Yeah. <laughs> what are you guys talking about? <laughs> What am I? What am I missing? You didn't you? You told me several times that <clears throat> you were going to interview. Had an opportunity oh, to interview right. Paul that's McCartney, right. and you blew him off to to pick him up from mm-hmm. grade school. I had or to something. pick him up from school. I'm going to abandon he my son. He just said for he's Paul walked Ma- home a bunch of times. Oh, from the, I know you did when not you were from day, that school. Back when you were day drinking, I'm guessing. Isn't that right, Andy? <laughs> oh my God! Right. Of course, he had to learn to drive at a very young age. That's right. <laughs> worse by the minute. 
At the end of the day, Andy will always be the kid that you guys let play with a broken arm. Let play soccer with a broken arm. Broken so. leg. Oh, a leg. leg. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. He, to this Femur snapped a... right in two. <laughs> no one even cared. No one cared. One of my said, best, run faster. One of my best friends from high school has a very similar story to that, where he swears up and down. He's like, my arm was broken for a week, and my dad made me play football, blah, 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 blah. And he's like, for, no, no, never happened. No. I handed the lower half of my leg to the coach, and he yeah. said, piss off, kid. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> taped it back on. and That part might be true. Some gloves and said, you're the goalie now. Yeah. yeah, very quickly, just go back to that. I was supposed to interview Paul McCartney. He was in town. Over at uh, what was what was the old place called? Just the Civic Center? Or, uh, yeah. Or was he at the X? That no, no, that was a long time ago. So it had to be the Civic Center, I would think. I, I'm trying to remember. Either way, either I think way. The X started when Norm Coleman was in office, right? So it would have been late '80s. But I guess, I guess, when he when Paul McCartney was told that I I wasn't going to do the interview because I had to pick my son up from school, he was like. He doesn't want to interview Paul McCartney, <laughs> and it wasn't that I didn't want to, but right? I happen to love my son, so I didn't want him walking home from about ten miles away. I just looked at five miles. Oh, it's five miles. Yeah, <laughs> he looks to see how far it is. Just curious, because I mean that's back when you get in the car and you just magically appear at your location. You have no idea where you're actually going. Yeah, that's true. So yeah. I have I have no actual uh, like concept of where that school is yeah it's just you know you get in the car and then you're at school yeah that's true i bet paul mccartney still like remembers the time he got blown off because the reporter had to go whereas if you would have interviewed him it probably just would have been another interview in the long line and now he's probably like there was this guy from minnesota guy guy. (laughs) paul mercurio you guys know oh sure he said paul brought it up to him it's my mercurio that's awesome yeah, your friend, he blew me off. Didn't want to. Didn't want to interview. Him. I was like, that's not mm. what happened at all. That's sensitive, are we? Barely <laughs> a little sensitive. I hope yeah. you get the opportunity to interview him at some point before he too. passes away. And then when you get there, you just go, "Sorry, I'm late. I had to pick my son up from school." <laughs> It'd be so funny if you blew him off again to pick up Andy, oh. and Andy's like, "Quit picking me up. I'm, I have a car. Yeah, I like, can drive." Thirty-seven years old, yeah. Dad. <laughs> Stop telling me what to do. Yeah, sometimes you just don't feel like driving, though. Yeah, that's sometimes. so true. Oh, that's the most true. Mm-hmm. It is all true, no question about it. But, yeah, I mean, that we were talking about that a little bit the other night, that, that you live this life and you meet every damn famous person ever born, and you just, it has a different effect on you after a while. Mm-hmm. I like, bet it does. It really does, because you met, I'm trying to think of somebody I wanted to meet. And I, I never actually, Gore Vidal and I became friends on the telephone, so I would talk to him on the telephone a lot, but I never met him in person. Yeah. Unless, of course, he was with Glenn Fry that night over at Rick Morgan. <laughs> he might have been. <laughs> so maybe he was there that night. Did you ever see that show about him and uh, William F. Buckley? Oh, God, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> and I was a William F. Buckley fan. I mean, I didn't agree with him politically, but the guy was just way smarter than everybody else on the planet. Oh, good. No, no question. And Gore Vidal just he, he pissed him off so What bad. did he say to him again? He, I think he called him a fag or a fruit. Yeah, he did. He well, called him a fag, I think. I think he did. <laughs> well, he did. Gore Vidal? No, this is really kind of a classic thing. You oh, know, it was. It was, really a, it was a huge was story. The intellectual arm of the Republican Party okay. in the 60s and 70s. And he started the National Review. Harvard-educated, former CIA spy. Mm-hmm. I mean, yep. just this larger-than-life kind of guy. And Gore Vidal is a, one of the most 
prolific authors of the 20th century. Indeed. Who was gay. Mm-hmm. And they were arguing, you know, gentlemanly about politics, and then it got more and more heated, and Buckley <laughs> lost his cool on TV. And on television. This, this wasn't in a bar. This was on <laughs> national TV. And there's a documentary about it that's pretty, that's pretty good. I oh, he called him a queer. A queer. queer. Right. I, I a knew queer. it was some derogatory term for gay person. He did. He uh, called he, him a yeah. queer. Either yeah. way, not great. No, not no. But that was the world back then, I guess. I, I just, uh, unbelievable. Oh yeah. There, well, there's a lot of things that even as like a kid that I would say that I was like I would be put in jail. If I <laughs> yeah, said that's that. right. Yeah. Mm, it's a different right. world now. That's yeah. what you're saying. No, that's yeah. God. Vidal called Buckley a Nazi, so Buckley <laughs> called Vidal a queer, <laughs> and then apparently the uh, interview more or less ended. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, was it was David Frost the moderator? I think so. I think he was. I think you're right. Who was? I don't. He doesn't have any. He calls him a Nazi. Well, you're a Nazi. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll see your Nazi and I'll raise yeah, you a... seriously. Yeah. And then it just immediately the cuts to commercial. Yeah. Oh, God, but two brilliant men, mm-hmm. and it still all boils down to calling each other names. Yep. Right? Always hilarious. name calling. Always with the name calling, it's true. But I didn't know you know Gore Vidal. Holy crap. Well, I never met him in person, but I used to talk to him on the phone all the time. He was a brilliant... Palimpsest was the book that I first time... I think the first time I ever interviewed him was, and he responded by calling me and saying, you're the first person that pronounced that correctly. (laughs) But uh, yeah, I used to have some great conversations. You never called me a Nazi, which I really liked. The moderator was Howard K. Smith. Oh, Oh, that's right. Mm -hmm. God, I thought thought for sure you were right, David Frost. Did David Frost used to have Gore Vidal on all the time, though? (sighs) I think he did. I, I am getting to the point where I have to start looking old stuff up because I've found that my memory of what <laughs> yeah. actually happened isn't at all what happened. That is true, but, oh, God, that's amazing. How long ago was that? That was in the 60s? I, was that 1968, Andy? Um, I bet it was. Yes, it was. Another exciting adventure of Andy looks mm-hmm. up shit on the Internet for old people. It's, Thank you. He does it very well, too. Let me and often. That. And often. No doubt about that. Listen, Brittany, a Nazi. I don't want to. I don't want to attack you with that yeah. one, but I feel like not. I'd rather be called a Nazi than the other one. So, like, yeah, what's the difference? I think I'd no, rather. No, I'd rather be called the other one than a Nazi. Oh, that's what yeah, I, I was going to say. That's yes. a weird. That's a weird yeah. stance yeah. to take, yeah. Brittany. I meant to do the opposite one. I'm sorry, my bad. Well, you could. There are a lot of Nazis running. Around. They don't call themselves Nazis anymore, but they're still out there. They were they were just marching in Madison, Wisconsin yeah, yes, last weekend. Were. Yes, they were. Get the old flag out and some put on some hats. Do they still call themselves Nazis? I think they, I don't think they go they neo Nazis now? Was oh, it neo Nazi? Okay, I think oh, it's cool. mortifying. I think nice politically touch. correct way to call somebody a Nazi is a neo Nazi. <laughs> yeah, it's not quite as harsh. <laughs> yeah. I remember when I was a kid growing up, my. Mother was a German Catholic and my father was a Protestant Englishman. And boy, when they'd get in arguments, mm. you'd hear the old Nazi called out once in a while. I remember being in, I must have been like 15, 16 years old. There was a gas station a block away from our school. And after before games, we'd walk down and get food or whatever. And I remember I opened the door one day and there was this tall white guy, shaved head with a swastika tattooed oh. on the back of his head. And I remember that was like the moment in my life I was like, oh yeah, not, this isn't as safe a place. As <laughs> right. So, Did you say, sir, you got something on the back of your like, head? He goes, what yeah. do you mean? I grabbed a wet wipe and tried tattoo. to scrub it off. Yeah. <laughs> do you guys remember on Field of Dreams that 
they got in a fight about a book burning thing, and the main, the wife of the uh, Kevin Costner said, "Let's step outside, you Nazi cow." Oh, <laughs> I saw that movie, and I used to use that as like a go-to defense. Yeah. And my mom like pulled me aside and was like, "Yeah, no, we're not doing that one anymore." Like. <laughs> You would call God. people Nazi cows? Yeah, I used well, to you're, also. You're a kid, you don't oh, know. You don't know. You just, I just thought it was like a good zinger. Yeah, it's like, just I an don't insult. Even, I, I grew up in Stillwater, Minnesota. I didn't know what I was talking about. Right. Like I also right. used to reference, I, my biggest, I had like three movies we watched at my dad's every year because all he had was like three DVDs. And it was Field of Dreams, The Godfather, and uh, um, oh, the other, there's another gangster movie I used to watch over and over. But another thing I used to say is, leave the gun, take the cannoli. Mm-hmm. Take the cannoli. <laughs> and nobody knew yep. what reference I was talking oh, about. So I was like walking around funny. like a crazy That's all I used, I used to say like three things over and over, and those were one of them. Mm-hmm. Remember that scene a, a little bit, I can't, yeah, a little bit later, I think it was, in the movie, where Clemenza's at the kitchen uh, stove and he's stirring the pot and all the rest yeah. of it. And... And somebody comes and goes, hey, hey, have you seen Paulie? He goes, oh, Paulie, you won't see him around here no more. No more. <laughs> oh, in other words, you murdered him? Yeah. Uh, I got to watch that movie again. I know it's four hours long, but I still, I think, well, the first one's 320, and it's the second one that's four I hours long. I don't remember. Yeah. Well, oh, Goodfellas was the third movie oh, we watched Goodfellas. all the time. Which oh, yeah. Is we just rewatched that so Saturday, I Did think. you really? It was really oh. good. It's see, so, Kathy, that's like my go-to when I'm not feeling good. I'll watch that movie. Catherine does not understand the watching the watching the gangster movies. She's not a fan, and she says, "Why do you like that stuff?" I said, "Hey, I grew up around a lot of yeah. a lot of criminals, yeah. <laughs> well, and it's they're like the modern day cowboys. Yeah, sense. yeah, it's like in a way. It's, there's the it's they're living this lavish lifestyle that it's just drugs and we're gonna murder somebody just because yep. they didn't go along with something and. Yeah, but uh, why, why is it that they can get away with that, and everybody goes, "Oh, those gangsters, they're so cute." Oh. When Joe Pesci <laughs> kills that guy with a knife, it's that's so awesome. Funny. Joe Pesci. If it was any other group, they would go, "This is terrible," right? You know, right. but but because they're Italian mafia guys, they get away with it, and people think we, it's cool. Yep. It's weird. Yeah, we talked about this last week about the idolization of these men and how they're murderers. And we just, I don't know what it is. We put them, uh, there's something glamorous about that. People loved John Gotti. Like, he was a celebrity. Oh, Oh, yeah, he he did. And you look at what he was doing, he was a terrible person. Like, you're murdering people out in the streets and whatever else, and drugs and money. And, yeah, it's, but people were like, yeah, he's a rock star. You know what I found out about him that I didn't know, and I just happened to find find out about this last night? You know that special kind of an arrogant strut that he had? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The way he walked yeah. was totally different. He did that because he got in a fight and the guy cut his toe off. Oh, oh that's no. why he walked like that. <gasps> Do you think it was one of the big ones? Nah, mm-hmm. might have been because that's where you put all your weight when you walk, yeah. right? Yeah, because yeah. I think isn't the pinky toe you could get that cut off and pretty, pretty much, much does be just nothing. fine. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't yeah. do anything. Yeah, it's just it's like, like hanging on for dear for life. Foot. But honest to God, John Gotti used to sit. Out in public, just blah, blah, blah. Yes, I'm a gangster. It's like, what are you doing? Yeah, when you watch the documentary and they have his, you know, his entire building tapped, he's just openly like, yeah, we, <laughs> I went out to like the exact details. It was 4.59 on Wednesday and I put two in the back of his head. In the trunk of the it's Blue true. Impala yes. on 4th and Main. By the way, one of the most brilliant moves in a career was Joe Pesci when he st- starred in Home Alone. 
That was a brilliant move. Yep. He went from yeah. being a pain in the ass gangster to being a victim. Yeah. It was wonderful. I don't know that I would call him oh, a victim. Yeah, yeah. calm down on the victim. He well, was yeah. trying to attack a kid. I know, but he's getting hit in the head with like buckets and things. <laughs> okay, yeah, and in that way, he was a very. He went from playing one of like the most sophisticated criminals to one of the least sophisticated. Yes, yes. exactly. Yes. There is a cartoon element yes. then added oh, to yeah. him, like getting hit with a paint, like a paint can. But, it was a, yeah, yeah it's a Rube Goldberg thing. Yeah, yeah I right? still love animals. that movie though. God, I love that movie, Home Alone. And you like uh, that movie, don't you? Oh yeah, we watch it every uh, Christmas. Love that movie. My favorite Christmas movie. The you ref, Die Hard. Oh. oh, the ref is great. Oh, I don't think I've ever heard of that one. Oh, but when he it's, looks through, uh, the, through the hole in the door and he goes, "Oh, who the <clears> f is this now?" And it's Santa Claus. <laughs> it's hysterical. So it's Dennis Leary, and this other guy are like jewel thieves. Yes. and they get caught and they break into this house mm -hmm. in rural New England. Yep. And the couple is Kevin Spacey and Judy Davis, who hate each other. <laughs> it's it's it's. There's some scenes in there that are just unbelievably funny. She movie. tries to recreate a 14th century Scandinavian Christmas dinner mm -hmm. because the whole family comes <laughs> over that and they can't stand her. And she gets completely shit-faced and she's got this wreath with candles on her head. It's really, really funny. Really good I, movie. I have fallen in love with Home Alone again yep. because of Tom. And oh, I never thought I'd say this, but my favorite line is now, I'll give it a whirl. When I'll give it a whirl. Stuff. <laughs> At the, at the grocery store, and he asks about a frozen meal or something, and then yeah. he goes, all right, I'll give it a whirl. And, like, I, like, make everybody in the house stop. I'm like, here's the line, and then no response. But I'm like, Really? That's the I worst. Think, when you're expecting, oh, this is my moment. Everybody's going to love it, and then it's just deadpan, nothing. A little yeah. kid saying, yeah. I'll give it a whirl. I'll give That's, it a whirl. Hilarious. He was brilliant in that movie. That kid, as a little boy, was perfect. Oh, Macaulay movie. Culkin. Yeah. Did you Did you see the commercial they just put out about no. it's It's him recreating. It's mm -hmm. so. Oh my God! I'm sending it to oh, you. Oh, that's right. right. Oh. Yeah, I heard about is that. Is it Is it a new one? Because I know they did one <coughs> a few years ago or semi recently that he was in. I hadn't seen it prior. I oh, saw okay. it yesterday, and it was the first time I ever saw it. So I don't know. God, I, I have not seen that yet. I have to track it down because I absolutely love that. The other ones, second, two and three, I didn't care much for. They were oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't even know what that was, I, watched I, them. I don't know about the third one because the first one he was left at home and the second one mm -hmm. he was in New York. New York. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And then the third one is a completely different kid and family. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's we'll right. It's a completely yeah, different that kid. That's there. right. Mm -hmm. Screw that one there. Terrible. All right. We have to take a break. Be right back. Some hunyuk might join us right after this. This is the Tom Bernard Show. Before you head back to one of the big box stores for your hunting and shooting needs this season, do yourself a favor and visit my choice, K&L Surplus and Ammo in Lino Lakes. Not only does K&L have one of the widest selections of firearms and ammo in the Twin Cities, they also do business the right way. They want to make sure that you have the right firearm and the right ammo for your needs. Jim, the owner, has over 25 years of experience in the business and will help you find what you need at a fair price. Speaking of prices, a lot of stores are using inflation and supply shortages as an excuse to raise prices on ammunition. Not K&L. Jim's doing everything to hold the line on pricing so you can spend more time on the range. Find out for yourself why K&L Surplus and Ammo has been the choice of gun owners for over 25 years. Go in and chat with Jim in person at the store on Lake Drive and Lina Lakes or online at klgunstore.com. 
klgunstore.com. I'm so happy to welcome back our longtime friends, Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to the show. I've known Steve, the owner, for many years, and I completely trust Sabre to keep my house comfortable. Why? Sabre does everything the right way, and they always put the customer first. I love the team at Sabre because their service experts are experienced NATE certified technicians, not salespeople. Their pricing is completely upfront, and they fix only what needs to be fixed, nothing more. Sabre is dedicated to giving customers what they need, when they need it, at the fair price. Keeping your family safe and comfortable without breaking the bank. Give Sabre Heating and Air Conditioning a try. I know they'll take care of you just like they've taken care of me and my family. Whether you need a new Bryant furnace or air conditioner replaced, or just simply need a service call to get you going again, go to SabreHeating.com. That's S-A-B-R-E Heating.com. Sabre and Bryant whatever it takes. Guys, if you want to reignite your intimacy once and for all, listen, just give Twin Cities Premier Health a call for a discreet and confidential in-office evaluation by their highly trained staff of medical professionals. Acoustic wave therapy sessions are 25 to 30 minute treatments with no pain, no downtime afterward. And right now, Twin Cities Premier Health is offering a free treatment and a free consultation when you book today. Receive this $800 value when you use code word TOM at TwinCitiesPremierHealth.com. You may know that age-related erectile dysfunction is most commonly caused by a buildup of plaque in the arteries that supply blood to the erectile tissue. Acoustic wave therapy can rescue your relationship and has been clinically proven to break up plaque. Definitely take advantage of this limited-time special offer. Receive a free treatment and a free consultation when you book today. This is a savings of $800 when you use code word TOM at TwinCitiesPremierHealth.com. Be sure to use promo code TOM so we get credit for sending you. I wouldn't recommend a service like this unless I knew they could help you. TwinCitiesPremierHealth.com. Why should your business bank with North American Banking Company? Here's Landon and Gavin Miller of D&B Plating. I've always been impressed with their speed of answers to our questions, uh, and that has allowed us to expand and capitalize on opportunities in the market. North American Banking Company has never made us feel like a number. They've always treated us as a partner. For more information about North American Banking Company, go to nabanko.com or stop by any one of their Twin Cities locations. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show Podcast. We are back, ladies and gentlemen, with a little news, little information, and a little entertainment Mm -hmm. with Kristen Bird. How are you doing, Kristen? Doing well. How are you guys today? Oh, we're doing good. Thank you. So what's new in the entertainment world as people are getting ready for the holiday break? Well, I'd love to know if anyone has watched the Matt Reif comedy special that is like causing a lot of controversy on the internet. Yeah, I watched right. um, a little bit of it, especially the uh, domestic assault joke. Yes, domestic violence joke in the first three minutes of his Netflix special is causing a lot of controversy because people are like, he's just punching down. It's not funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then people are coming up with domestic violence jokes that actually work um, that other <laughs> comedians have done. Domestic violence, not funny, but there's a way to deliver the comedy. Mm-hmm. And one of the clips is from Eddie Murphy's, I think it's his raw um, stand-up comedy special. 
Wanda Sykes has another one. And they're like, this is what's happening. But Matt Reif has become, if, if people don't know who Matt Reif is, he is like a TikTok sensation. Yes. Women have fallen in love with his good looks. Um, and that has been his audience. And then in the first three minutes, he kindly, he just loses everyone. And he said, this comedy special is for the guys. Uh, and not for all the women. Uh, I think he's trying to like push away that audience, but it's the audience that made him famous was women. Yeah, yeah. so there's this big insider aspect that people were talking about how he feels about having a female audience that's based on his look and he resents it quite a bit. So his own backlash is like him being like, I don't want to be the hot comedian. Mm. And and he is, he's not funny. Like if you, I've seen his clips will show up on my TikTok and they'll show up whatever. There's no time where, I mean, he does good crowd work, but that's because he's like flirting with older women mm -hmm. in the audience. And these and women it, are like in their 60s and 70s. Yeah. And that's when the crowd work is amazing. Yeah. And it's funny. It's like watching, you know, it, 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 it's entertaining because it's like this, you know, hot young thing flirting with a 70 year old or 60 year old or whatever. And it's like, okay, that's fun. But he literally, you know, bit the hand that fed him immediately. Because he's having this identity crisis. And, and Tevin will know this. There's nothing comedians hate more than other comedians telling them they're not actually stand-up. They have this weird identity thing where they're like, oh, no, I'm stand It's like they can't enjoy the income unless they're hardcore comedians where, oh, I'm stand-alone yeah. on, my, on my comedy. They have this well, because, identity crisis. Well, because where Matt Reif, like, so he was on Wild and Out. That's where I first saw him and so that whole kind of genre of comedy the improv the um kind of youtube type comedy skits and stuff is definitely frowned upon when it comes to your typical stand-up comedians they go oh it's all a gimmick you don't really like yeah anybody can take you know 30 takes to put together a perfect skit for youtube but can mm -hmm. you get up live on stage and you know roll with the punches and so he's kind of battling that and then he wasn't great on Wilding out, I believe they got rid of him and then ended up bringing him back because they needed a white person to fill a quota. Ha! And oh, so here we go. I got oh. back just in time for that. <laughs> but no, so I'm he's sure not. Tevin did that on purpose. Yes, he's, he's, he's not. He's not necessarily the most funny person to begin with. And so if you're oh, gonna, he's leave, a white guy. Why would he be? Well, you would he's hate. You would hate Matt. Right? He's telegenic. Yes, and he, so for him to lead with that joke, when you know kind of what your audience is, you got to kind of warm everybody up, get them all on your side, and then you can slide the uh, domestic violence jokes in there. But yeah. And a related <laughs> note, I saw Chappelle a month, month or so ago, and you know he got so much heat from the LGBT mm -hmm. community. So he offsets this by telling cerebral palsy jokes. I'm like, yeah. okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it was pretty funny, actually. The thing about a comedians are... If it's funny and witty, mm -hmm. we can get behind you. Like I can get. Yes. It was his joke that he starts out with is about women getting back in the kitchen, or like if you're if you're good enough cook, you don't get punched in the face. And I don't think it's it wasn't it was literally first off not funny, so boo to you. Mm -hmm. And then secondly, it's just it comes out so disgusting coming from him, where it's like it just didn't land. And like you can. I, I can sit and say it's this or that, but at the end of the day, Matt, you're just not very funny. Right. If you're going to be offensive, you have to be funny. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, yeah. now you're just an offensive prick 
Because like I watched uh, Shane Gillis, his uh, Netflix special a few weeks ago, and yeah, he had a couple bits about black people, and I was like, oh, I bet you he's gonna get some pushback, but it was hilarious the way yeah. he, you know, crafted the joke, and so it's like, yeah, everybody get over yourselves. And another thing about Matt too in that joke is he did the laziest form of comedy, which is he told a story, a, a fake scenario that never happened. I'm sure of it. Like mm -hmm. you know, he made up a fake scenario and then talked about himself. Like, and then I said. You're not doing stand-up. You're being anecdotal and with no, like, conversation. And so it was, like, so lazy. Like, this This is what I said to my friend. Isn't that funny? No, mm -hmm. you're not even doing stand-up at this point. And, you know, it's so interesting, too, because then when you watch, in comparison, what Wanda Sykes set up for her domestic violence joke and what... <clears throat> Eddie Murphy did and yeah. you see that they actually twist it around and it's about empowering women yeah. mm -hmm. versus him just saying just punching down and going women should be back in the kitchen especially with that black guy they can't cook so it, it's so interesting to see like how smartly crafted the joke was with yeah. the two other comedians versus what Matt Reif did yeah no but now Tom that you're back I wanted to bring this up with Kristen because I saw an article are you sad today that Blue, Bo Blue Bloods is officially done on CBS? I did not know that. When did they decide that? I uh, just saw it <clears throat> yesterday. The but it, the news broke probably about a half an hour after I got off the air with you guys. Um, so the 14th season will be the final one. It's going to premiere on the second week of February on CBS. They will do 10 episodes. And then the last eight episodes won't air until fall 2024. So no, so that's good. I got another year season, then. But it'll be done in two parts. So I got it. I got one more year of Blue Bloods. You do. I love um, that and, and show. This is not unexpected. The cast took right. a twenty-five percent pay cut just to make season fourteen happen in the first place. Yep. So it's just becoming too expensive to produce. You've got Donnie Wahlberg and you've got Tom Selleck, Bridget Moynihan. These are all A-list stars on yeah. TV that command top dollar at this point. Well, it does make me sad because I do love that show. It, it does. I think it's the best cop show I've ever seen, to tell you the truth, because there's a family element to the whole deal. There are three generations of the cops in the family, and as you just pointed out, great actors, no question about it. So, yeah, it makes me sad. But if I got one more year, I'm I'm very happy about that. It just didn't just go away, so that's good. No. Yeah, you're going to have like a, a great finale. You'll have ten episodes, and then another eight to look forward to next fall, a year from now. <laughs> I should give them a call and say, hey, why don't you do an episode on the people that were criminals in my neighborhood? I know it wasn't New York City, but what the hell? I'm a big fan. Give them story ideas. Yeah, give them some story ideas, no question. As a matter of fact, I just got a call from my wife that a mail carrier in, uh, in this area just had a gun pulled on him. Oh, why good. are people pulling guns on mail? St. Louis Park? Uh, yeah, wow. apparently. Uh, it's just, oh, my God. Uh-oh, Ralphie's here. Hey, Ralphie boy. See, I kind of, <laughs> kind of went that. Is he good to go there, Andy? Uh, what do you mean? Is that mic going to work? The mic will work. The laptop. Yeah, we'll get him set up on the laptop after. Yet. Yeah. No, I mean, It'll take he, a bit. he doesn't need that. He ad-libs anyway. What the hell does he need with that? But yeah, so, Kristen, I will tell you, I have always been a fan of that show, uh, off Whoa. and on throughout the year. I just... I like the cast. I like the way it's written. I love the family element to uh, three generations of cops. I love the family element to that show. Uh, something's wrong with that mic. I think the cable is touching a power cable. Could be. Don't yeah, and that's... Tom Selleck okay. has had an incredible career. Oh, God. So... I, yeah, absolutely. The movies he's made and all the rest of it. 
And you look back. Was it? I'm, I'm going to swap out that mic. It doesn't okay. work. Okay. Thanks, Andy. Um, my my father-in-law is going to be heartbroken to hear this news. Like oh, I yeah. hope he doesn't find out till after Thanksgiving because this blue bloods is was his his lifeblood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> lifeblood exactly. and blue blood. Yeah. He, his yeah. blood runs blue, is all I'm going to say. <laughs> it kind of makes me sad that things get too expensive to be made. That, that, that well, should not happen. There's a really interesting article in Variety today, just like lessons learned um, from yeah. the pandemic, which was, and then into a strike, which was a double, double whammy for Hollywood, and just how many cuts we're going to see in terms of budget, A-list talent, uh, on the studio side, like executives and things like that, there are going to be major cuts along the way. We just can't afford to move forward the way we have been in the past. So yeah. it's coming, unfortunately. I understand. It's I, And it, the, the thing that's so weird about it is this is was all driven pretty much by the actors themselves. The top-level actors drove it to be so expensive that they just don't want to do it anymore. Well, they can't do it anymore. It's not sustainable. I mean, Tom Cruise can't even get butts in the seats to go see Mission Impossible again. So, I mean, he did it with with Top Gun, but we hadn't seen Top Gun in 30 years. Mission Impossible, they even postponed the movie for another couple of years because they're like, people need a break. They were supposed to come out, you know, this summer. Oh, yeah. yeah, The sequel was supposed to come out next summer. And they're like, you know what? People need a breather. We can't afford these $120 million budgets. (laughs) Than an $80 million marketing budget. $200 million for a movie. Yep. My God. When are we going to wake up? Remember, then you have someone like Tom Cruise getting points on the back end. Yeah, yeah. And if it's not even making $200 million in the U.S., it's that's rough. Yeah, that's rough. I mean, how much money do people need, really? Do they all have to be billionaires now? Is that, is that the idea? Well, they're not becoming billionaires anymore by being movie stars. They're all becoming billionaires through their lifestyle companies or through their production companies and then selling them off. That's how Reese Witherspoon became a billionaire. She started buying up the rights to a lot of like women's literature books, making them into movies and her sunshine production company or hello sunshine got bought out for a million, close to a million dollars, a billion dollars, a billion dollars. Yeah. Think they'll buy this show someday for a billion I hope so. I need to get in the back end of that. We convert to Argentinian money. Yes. Argentinian dollars. That's what we'll get. Dougie pointed out. We'll get a billion. A billion of them. Yeah, I mean, I look, nobody likes to sit around. One one of my favorite times of the day is because Catherine has her life and I have my life where, you know, don't see each other a lot during the day. Uh, And then at night, you know, get some other duties to take care of. I either go out to dinner with clients or do this. And our... Wonderful time that we love together as we sit then in front of the television and watch TV for a couple of hours at eight o'clock every night. And uh, I, I just love that to watch these series because it's my time with our special time with my wife. And I hope they don't ruin that. No, there's always going to be content coming. It's just going to be lighter. It's going to be less yeah. frequent. Yeah. You're not going to turn on Netflix on a Friday night and see that there's 10 new series dropping the way they have in the past, yeah, you know, like yeah. five movies and five TV shows. We just can't keep up with the pace. It's an unaffordable business model. And, you know, the, I think what wound up happening is that the pandemic burst the bubble a little bit earlier than it would have. That's all. I suppose. Yeah. I just, it's so sad that everything has to cost so much now. Cause everybody's so, well, we were talking about it earlier 
politics. We're talking about this, these wars that go on. It's all about money. Are we going to ever fix that? What the hell is going on down there? Okay. Apparently that headset is also bad. Ralphie Someone came in and destroyed the show. They supposed to. Yeah, I think that's true. Uh, it's Ralph's well, fault. You can try the number three headset. I don't know what's going on. All of a sudden, everything's broken. Too many cooks spoil the broth. Haven't you ever it's heard that? Week. There, That's we what go. Happened. there we go. That's polite. Yeah, now we'll see if the mic works, though. Yeah, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I don't tell silent. me what to do. Um, I, I, don't worry about it. I will be a mime. like I'm, shit I'm, for I'm 10 mime. minutes. Yeah, you can mime it up. Um, so, yeah, okay. Another fact that uh, we always, well, always knew that Hollywood people were greedy bastards anyway, so not a shock. <laughs> right? Well, I mean, come on. It's like you have your middle class actors who are certainly not are certainly not earning the money that they should be. Yeah. So. Well, maybe, you can't, maybe you can't do the sweeping generalization. You can say maybe like studio executives, A-list actors, but A-list actors like the smart ones all developed businesses over the last five to ten years. I mean, yeah. you look at what Ryan Reynolds is doing. Um, even George Clooney and Randy Gerber creating their Casamigos tequila line. They sold that for a billion dollars. This is where people are making their money. Yeah. It's not about being Arnold Schwarzenegger, Sylvester Stallone, Tom Cruise back in the 80s and 90s and making that money. That, that money doesn't exist anymore. So maybe you should use your uh, appearance in movie to create your brand. So then you make money, mm-hmm. but do the appearance in the movie for free. You could do that. Or discounted, I mean, rather than looking for heavy payback with a movie, and you'd use, your, use that for, to create your brand and your, communi- your community. Yeah. Well, yeah, or do some brand promotion. Say, if I can put my brand in the movie for free, or I'll take half rate on my movie fee. Yeah. There's, there's definitely, I'm, and I'm sure some of, that, some of that wheeling and dealing is happening. I wouldn't be surprised. Well, And I saw Terrence Howard, he did an interview, I don't know how long ago it was, but he was talking about doing the Hustle and Flow movie, which was wildly successful, super popular, and he made $12,000 off the movie. And he said he's suing, uh, I guess it would be Paramount, because Hmm. they put, for all the music in the movie, they put that his character DJ was the uh, performer. So like if he went and did a concert, that was DJ performing, not Terrence Howard. Uh, so he didn't get paid uh, for any of that. So now rude. he has to sue them. Yeah. yeah and that was an Oscar nominated film, by the way. That's not just like, oh, it did well at the box office. We're talking about then it reaches award show season, which is mm. another level of prestige. Yeah. Is part of that because he's so hard to get along with? Oh, don't tell me he's a pain in the ass. Is he a pain in the ass? He's a massive pain in the ass. Damn. You don't want to date him either. Let me tell you that. <laughs> there you well, go. I'll check, him off, I'll check him off my list of potential mates. I know. Yeah. You're not his type, but uh, that is definitely, that's pretty well documented, too. He's got some domestic violence issues. He does, definitely. Kristen, I'll be Terrence Howard and you be the interviewer. And we'll show you the kind of guy he was. Because I've interviewed him a couple of times. Okay. Okay. Uh, so when you did Hustle and Flow, what was your approach to your character? I don't want to talk about that. Okay, well, what was your favorite part about being on set? No, I just told you, I don't want to talk about that at all. Why do you keep asking me these questions? What's wrong with you? <laughs> what projects do you have ahead? That's none of your business. I mean, that's, <laughs> swear to God, that's how he is when he's being Jeez. interviewed. Oh, it's terrible. Uh, Kristen, am I, am I lying? No, he's, he's kind of challenging. <laughs> you remember the time we interviewed that the woman, her husband was a famous rock star that took his life and she wrote a book about it. And we were interviewing her, asking her questions, and she, every answer was, 
well, you have to read the book. Yeah, <laughs> yep, I remember. Right. People do that all the time with the promotional book tour. And I'm like, if you don't give us a little bit of tea, you don't have to That's tell right. the whole story, but you have to give us a morsel because otherwise there's no point in you doing a promotional book tour. <laughs> It was like she was under a murder investigation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> under the light. God, settle down, lady. Relax. Everything's going to work out just fine. So we just, oh, Bass Reeves' uh, fourth episode came out, and that, that show keeps getting better. I tell you what, Taylor Sheridan might be pissing people off by being so successful, but that boy knows how to write. I think you're his number one fan. I think oh, you're like the think... president of his fan club. <laughs> yeah, I might be the president of his fan. I never talked to him. I should probably get him on the show. You should. I yeah. should, absolutely. It was absolutely really fun. Him. But Bass Reeves is, it handles what it was like to be a black man 150 years ago in America and becoming a deputy sheriff. I mean, it's a true story, by the way. Really? Yeah, it's a true story. That's. I feel like in Westerns, black people aren't really represented. So to hear that there's actually such thing as black cowboys. Oh, have, most of them were this. actually black. Yeah. yeah. So Which I'm going to have to watch this. Well, that's the, oh, you'd love it, I think. But that's, that's the whole, the, the, the word boy. I was called a boy when I was in the steel mill because mm -hmm. a common laborer is referred to as a boy. Yeah. Slaves, could only job they could get is common labor. No one's going to yeah. give them a, any other job. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, so that's why that's that's that derogatory term was associated with that skin color. Sure, most of those cowboys were black. I agree. They were, yeah, a lot of them were. But in any case, so what else is coming up? We, what do we got? See, the problem is, I I asked the question, and it, Hollywood's in a weird position right now. It's like, well, someday we'll get there, but I mean, are well, we? Yeah, at, I mean, it's just that everyone has to get back to work. So yeah, everyone, yep. most people are going back to work. Right after Thanksgiving, that's when everything, a couple shows are already back, um, but most of them are returning after the holiday. And then they'll only have two weeks of work because there is a hard stop right around December 15th. And then they'll return in the new year. So everything is just kind of in like this weird kind of purgatory situation. So a lot of things are getting canceled or renewed or they're just announcing that last season. Mm -hmm. So that's what we're seeing. Or we're just even, even seeing like the schedules being established for mid-season and they were hoping to get shows back up in January, and as we're clearly seeing, yeah. it is early to mid-February at best. A lot of the shows are even March. Have you heard anything about Squid Game Season 2 and if that is what on its way up? It, okay, first of all. Squid Game is fabulous. <laughs> yeah, first season of Squid Game was amazing. And so if since that, like the day that that series, whatever, Raptor was done being popular, people were ready for Season 2, and it's been, what, like, two, three years now? Yeah, it's been in this weird holding pattern and I haven't heard anything about production yet. So, and I know some of the actors were like, we haven't heard anything either, but mm -hmm. it, it seems to me that like Netflix would be remiss to not do a season two. Well, I thought, weren't they, I thought I read somewhere that they were currently filming season two. Are they? Did they, were they able to do <laughs> it during the uh, strike? Oh, am, I breaking, am I breaking news? Yeah, I think I don't so. Know. I saw an article, it was on Yahoo. Let me see. Here. Well, isn't that a Japanese show? Uh, Korean. Korean. Korean show. So well, yeah, it says it, strike here wouldn't affect that then, would it? I have no idea. Wouldn't think so. But yeah, it said they were currently filming and huh. has been since July 2023. Okay. And then, but it looks like here... It says it looks like fall or Christmas 2024. Okay. Will be the earliest we'll see it. Okay. Yeah. So, so I never watched it. So it was, good. was it a bunch of cartoon characters or something? No, it's real people. But essentially, the overarching concept of it is they're all playing child 
games, but if you lose the game, you die, and the last person standing gets like a million But they don't look like humans, do they? Yeah. 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 But they're all wearing they characters. Oh, well, they're wearing like suits and masks. Oh, they are. Like, okay. People, okay. People are, yeah. It's pretty compelling. If you, I don't know if you would like it, Tom, but it, it was a really well done series. Yeah. I know it's huge. People loved it, right? Yeah. I mean, I went as one of the... I dressed as Squid Games for Halloween that year. Yeah. One of the yeah, PlayStation... Yeah, was that Halloween 2020? Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. Joe wants to know if you've heard anything about the fall of the House of Usher. Ooh. That is doing extremely well on Netflix. Uh, it is one of the top streaming titles right now overall. It's a good show. So, it yeah, is. it's a good show. Yep. And that's like a scary thriller suspense type of show. Yeah. Yep. Yep, it's a thriller. It came out like right around Halloweenish, but it's it's one of those that has been pretty enduring, um, and not one that was just kind of like a seasonal show. I know that they just announced the the ratings for it, and they just said it has been killing it on Netflix. Yeah, I know a lot of people watch it. I think Britain. I have a question. No, I'm you're dying out. to know <laughs> about what everyone's saying about Brad Pitt right now. <laughs> the son coming out calling him an a hole. What? Oh. I didn't know that. Well, it, it's actually a resurfaced um, Instagram post that he did. I should oh, say Instagram God. story that uh, that his, su- his second oldest son, Pax, did. Uh, basically saying his dad is a deadbeat and that he hates him. <laughs> oh, um, and, and this came out, I believe it was like 2020 or 2021 yeah. that he posted it. The um, But this all comes out of, and I, I've talked about this a little bit, but this all comes out of, the situation that happened between Angelina and Brad in 2016 on that plane that led to their split. Here in Minnesota. Yep. It, they stopped in Minnesota. They oh. were refueling. And originally, because, it, but everything happened like in the air, but they stopped in Minnesota. That's when like police and the FBI were notified. And then they flew on to Los Angeles. Um, and that case, the FBI, that uh, agent who handled it originally said, we recommend domestic violence charges against Brad Pitt. Really? Once it was transferred officially to the Los Angeles office, it went away magically. Really? Ooh. Angelina Jolie is suing the FBI Los Angeles Bureau to find out what happened in that whole like mess. Because if you read the documents, the court documents are chilling, honestly, of what happened in the air. Um, besides Brad Pitt allegedly being extremely drunk, he was pouring alcohol on Angelina, on a couple of the kids. He hit a couple of the kids. Uh, one of them that is confirmed is Maddox. And then there's at least one other child that was hit during this sort of major situation that happened in the air. But it was really the breaking point for the entire family. And people, especially during Brad Pitt's recent like um, Oscar run, you know, people are like, he's so great. And maybe he's going to get back with Jennifer Aniston and all this stuff. It's gross because... His kids don't talk to him. His Most of the kids changed their last name to just Jolie. They're no longer Jolie Pitt. Oh, okay. They have no relationship with them. And it, even when his daughter got into Spelman College, it was an Entertainment Tonight reporter who broke the news to him. He's like, oh, yeah, that's so great. We're so excited for her. But you could tell on his face he had no clue she, were going, she was going to Spelman a year oh, early. Oh, God. So you said the FBI kind of covered it up in L.A.? That is the allegation um, from Angelina Jolie, but it is documented that the original officer or FBI agent in Minnesota recommended that charges be brought against Brad Pitt 
And then the case was transferred to the L.A. Bureau, and that is where it magically went away. You know what's amazing about that, the reason I even bring it up? I've dealt with the FBI once, and they were a massive pain in the ass. As they should be. No, no, no. They're very political. That's what oh, I, oh, oh, the okay. FBI got really political now. Oh, okay. I was going to say, like, your their job is to be assholes in people's lives. And I, I really wish they saying. would be, instead of uh, just not caring. We've seen yeah. plenty of situations where they've dropped the ball besides this case. Yeah. Uh, look at USA Gymnastics. They yeah. sat on that case for years. They knew about Larry Nassar abusing yep. all of our gymnasts. Yep. It's disgusting. And so, why don't they? Why did they get become that? They, I mean, back in the day, the FBI was the place that you you needed to go, right? What changed? Why did they get so political? I don't know if politics had anything to do with it. To me, it's just incompetence. I don't oh know. no, it's very political. They're very <laughs> political, no doubt. Anyway, so that's going to do it for another round, sister. All righty. I'll see you all tomorrow. <laughs> we're looking forward to just today. What are you going to do for Thanksgiving? You going anywhere? No, we're staying here this year, and I am going to, like, have a great dinner with friends, and we are going to relax and lay on the couch. I am so excited. Yeah, a little, little downtime. nothing wrong with that. We'll talk to yeah, you tomorrow, though. Yeah, it's busy. Busy fall. Thanks Good a guys. lot. See you later. Oh, Brittany waving goodbye to Kristen. Uh, Love well, her. Take a break. Be right back. and wrap things up right after this. This is the Tom Bernard Show. Listen live on the Tom Bernard Show app or at TomBernardShow.com. Is that text you're sending so important that you missed your turn? Is that text you're sending so important that you ran the red light? Is that text you're sending so important you didn't see the ball coming onto the road or the child that followed? Hi, I'm Mike Bryant from Bradshaw and Bryant. When you take your eyes off the road for even four seconds, Your vehicle travels 100 yards. That's the entire length of a football field. If you absolutely have to text, you need to pull off the road somewhere safe and do it from there. Texting and driving is against the law and can cause serious injury or even death to you and others. Now that is important. We hope you're never injured in a collision, but if you are, please contact us. Find Bradshaw and Bryant, personal injury attorneys at minnesotapersonalinjury.com. Going farther with my Recently, Jim Paul of Valley Buick GMC was contacted by a company that does on-site sales. Jim was confused. Wait, they don't know anything about us. Our staff, our reputation, most importantly, our customers. Hey, pal, no problem. We do them all over the country. You know, get the manager off the roof sale, inflatable gorilla sale, and our favorite, the 13-hour sale with a giant clock that goes to 13. Urgency, baby. We bring our crew because, well, your people are, let's just say, a little uh, laid back. And the pricing? Nothing special, sport. But Jim thought, we price competitively every day. Our prices are special. We definitely don't need these guys. But sale does convey some urgency, so we made a bold decision for his fine dealerships. Announcing the Valley Buick GMC 365-day sale. And we can even extend it a couple years or so. I got the Air Dancer guy, scratch-offs, plastic keys, bubble machine, five. Valley Buick GMC in Apple Valley or Hastings or valleycardealers.com. Hurry. You need to know a guy for your auto repairs, legal issues, banking, and more. The same goes for investment advice. You need a guy to help you be successful, someone you can trust who gets results. Well, I got a guy for you. 
Josh Arnold. Josh gives you straight talk, not sugar-coated advice about your financial situation. Josh has seen it all when it comes to economic and market conditions, and Josh can make sure that your retirement objectives match your investments. Do yourself a favor and call Josh now for a no-obligation, 48-minute evaluation. You've got nothing to lose, and you'll get a different point of view for your investments. Call Josh at 952-925-5608. That is 952-925-5608. You'll be glad that you did. And tell him his his guy, Tom, sent you. Investment services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a security investment advisor. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. All comments and opinions are Josh Arnold's and do not constitute investment advice. Tom Bernard is a paid endorser. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show Podcast. We are back. We're just going to turn it. We're all going to turn it over to Brittany. Go ahead. Fill in the last five minutes. Hey there. <laughs> hey there. It's the Arneson report. The Why? Arneson Why do you want report? me? I I thought we'd hi, you know highlight you, you know, showing you the the only woman on the air right now, so you know. Well, first off, I am always highlighted. That's uh, true. <laughs> yes, I forgot. Um, no, I'm excited for break. It does feel wild that we only have one more show this week, which is less impressive that I came in on a Tuesday then. What do you mean? Yeah. Like, I kept going, wow, it's my first Tuesday being in because I normally you're not have not really class. in. You're still in your closet. but I'm still know. in my closet. But I'll be in studio tomorrow. I'm actually Oh, no. To I mean, in. oh, good. Shut up. Oh, what coincidence. <laughs> I, Tom's going to be home from home tomorrow. <laughs> I have your uh, birthday gift I'm finally going to give you. My birthday gift? Yeah. Because remember when you were giving up caffeine and you were having trouble finding drinks? Mm-hmm. I found you some drinks I think you might like. So All right, because, you know, the number one thing that I did there is I stopped. I used to shoot down a five-hour energy every morning. And when you combine the five-hour energy with about a six-pack of that or nine. So what I'm doing now, I'm on about four or five of these a day now, and I'm cutting back a little every couple of weeks. Yeah. So eventually I'll have a couple in the morning. You can drink up to, I think, 400 gram. uh milligrams of uh, caffeine a day it wouldn't even affect you so that's good to know why the five hour energy they taste terrible it's yeah. like the acid. purple ones were good well and then also <laughs> drinking one before drinking like a regular drink with caffeine is like taking a shot before you drink your beer that's like you don't it's true. just doing doubles oh do you remember back when i used to drink <laughs> yeah. i was never shy i never was never a whiskey you, guy you, I, you never did the uh pile driver or boiler maker no, I literally, if I drank whiskey, I would lose my mind. It would be like, I'm taking on the world, man. <laughs> yeah. I was not a good Terrifying. whiskey drinker. Sure. No question about Do you ever, do you ever drank whiskey either, though, did you, Brittany? I drank anything. Oh, did you really? <laughs> Equal yeah. opportunity abuser. That's why I had to retire 13 years ago. I retired. I, had, I took it all on. You retired I, on top? Uh, I remember. I was at a Kentucky Derby party and I won this reserve something that like special. Oh, it's a uh, Woodford Reserve. Bourbon. Yeah, yeah. Woodford it was like reserve. a very classy like bottle that I'd won for some you know drawing or guessing a horse or something. I'm not sure. And they're like, "Yeah, this is really high end." And then that night, me and my roommates took shots of it and got wasted. And I was like, <laughs> "I don't feel any different." Like, but it was like that moment I realized I was like, "Oh, I'll shoot anything. I don't care." I don't remember you. I, I don't, did I ever see you drunk? Uh, a thousand percent. Because really? Because we were in Vegas together. Yeah. But here's the thing. Like, I'm I'm 90% of the time a lovely drunk. I just got a lot of energy. I run around. <laughs> everything's fine. Yeah. But it's, that, it's that 
of my crazy that comes out. I get a little bit like raccoon mode where all of a sudden I decide like to both flee or fight or both. Um, and nobody needs that in their life with me. Well, I never saw all. you in a bad mood. No, but also again, if you like, I probably took it to a couple blocks down. Like I was probably at that party and then something hit me that I should run to the next party, wherever that's at. Yeah. And then fist fight that stranger. God, so. you just reminded me of that appearance we did in Vegas about 15 years ago. Hmm. Mike Molina was with us. That's how long oh ago it was. Oh, my God. Yeah. I love Mike Molina. I forgot about him. And Coca-Cola, I still to this day, when I go to Barrio, I, I drink Mexican Coca-Cola. Because it's mm-hmm. this delicious, made with you know pure cane sugar. That, and it's just delicious. It's really good. Molina comes back. He's gone about an hour. He comes back, and he's sweating bullets. He's, yeah. His eyes are wide open. He's just terrified. I said, what is wrong with you? And he goes, oh, you wouldn't believe it, man. Now, we're in Vegas. It's like 6 o'clock in the morning or something like that. And he was going to be nice enough to go buy me some Mexican Coca-Cola. and was wonderful. Apparently walked into a store and asked the guy, do you have any Mexican Coke? The guy said, yeah, come on back with me. There was a pile of cocaine on the table, I guess about a foot deep. <laughs> yeah. That's the Mexican most Coke, you know. And then what do you do? I would have bought it some because <laughs> right. I've been too scared at that point. Is this all you like, have? Right. I'd be like, yep, I would like $15 worth of yes. this, please. Right. Like at that point, I'd be too scared to not buy it. Oh, and no, then I was think just I was browsing. Sort of, oh, God. He was uh, I gotta go. I'd be like, terrified. yep. Um, do you take. Debit cards. <laughs> right. Also, very bold of the employee to just assume oh, yeah. that that's what he was doing. That is interesting about. how you can just walk in and say, cocaine, yep. please. And they're like, yeah, sure. Yeah, but like, yeah. I feel like that makes more sense than assuming that somebody walking in saying Mexican Coke. I would definitely assume the substance as well. Over the Really? Place. Oh, you would? Okay. Yes. Yeah, uh, I guess you could Coca Cola. Yeah, and I guess Colombian Coke is another mm-hmm. popular one. So yeah, it's... well, but you think you'd say no? Of course, we don't sell that. You'd right. think unless you know the secret password or something. Like yeah. Vegas, yeah. like Vegas is, is pretty brazen. The prostitutes yeah. advertise in like the yellow pages. True. <laughs> this is... please, please, they're escorts. Or, sorry. Please, mm-hmm. escorts. Was it sex, sex workers. Well, that was the whoredom, wasn't it? Pahrump. You. Uh, Pahrump. Yeah, that's where. That's the county where it's legal. Yeah, all, what? All I know is pump pump pump. Yeah, really. Yeah, that's bum, a different, a different that's, it's from that. Bum, that song's from there. Yeah. Bum, that, 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 means that, makes, that actually makes sense now. That song is a little more enjoyable. I remember that guy who ran the horror house out there? They he died and they put a picture and everybody thought it was me. <laughs> yeah. Remember that I picture? Remember that. It looked just like me, honestly. I thought I thought it was me. I know, I do too. I'm still, I'm still trying to suss out who didn't have two things How come going. I'm not getting those checks? Yeah, why don't I get the big dough? Well, that's what I'd like to know. Yeah. All right, we should wrap it up. So, Britt, you're coming in the studio tomorrow. I'm coming in the studio tomorrow. I'm going to put on pants and everything. And we do- wow! Thanks. No, it's a big day for her because yeah. every time she's from home, she always lifts her leg up to show that she's not wearing anything. What a shock. I sit like this, but here's the thing. This closet gets hot, so I'm not going to put on pants. That sounds exhausting. I bet it does get hot in there. Of course it does. Of course, I'm the. It's not a big closet. Is it your radiant personality? Is that what it's it is? It's my radiant person. It's my highlighterness. <laughs> your highlighterness. All right, we will talk to you tomorrow in studio. We will be right back with the family show. And by the way, there will be no family show tomorrow because everybody's teed up for the holiday and all the rest of it. So we will do the morning show tomorrow, but not the family show. But we will do the family show coming up in just about five minutes.